listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, the following, the following. Journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Mmm. This is a tasty burger. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Do you want some coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. Butter a carb? We elves try to stick to the four main food groups candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Hey everyone, welcome to Foodies Watching Movies Season 3, Episode 9. I am your host, Veronica, and with me, as always, my co-host and co-creator of Foodies Watching Movies, Nate Phillips. What's up? And apparently a really loud, squeaking cat, Ami, hello. <laughs> Jesus, she, that she, you can hear her on the mic that time. That was crazy. Yeah, well, we are in the kitchen recording. This is Foodies Watching Movies, after all, so she's uh, wanting to join in on the ice cream extravaganza. Joining in, a, uh, joining in on the podcast today, welcome back to Foodies Watching Movies, Miss Sarah. How's it going? It's great. <laughs> why, why is it so good? Can you tell our audience what's going I'm on? I'm eating a Sunday on the side over here. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> We're going to chit-chat and BS for a few minutes. So. Yeah, Sarah made a beautiful Oreo Sunday. We got uh, Briar's lactose-free milk, mm-hmm. which has completely changed her life for the better. Oh, you mean or lactose-free? Yeah. Lactose-free ice cream. My bad. And that's totally made a significant difference in her happiness level. Because now she can eat ice cream whenever the fuck she wants, like a regular person. And it's wonderful. So, yeah, the good stuff, the real stuff. Not like, sorry, all the almond milk and all of that. Mm -hmm. I'm over it. I have it for a long time. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she's got to work on that Sunday. What kind of Oreos did she use? The overstuffed ones? Oh, shit. Talking Mm -hmm. mushrooms. That's something we have to utilize on the podcast is talking about that. Let's get right into it. We have some snacks that we tried to discuss on this podcast. We have two new kinds of Oreo that are in existence. Some new limited edition Oreos. I feel like you should go grab them out of the cabinet so I can take a get a picture of like both Oreos side by side because they're amazing. (laughs) Sure, I'll go get Uh, them. But while by the way, I have to say, yeah, sure. Let's preface this before we go on. I've only had two of these cookies. I haven't even tried the dark chocolate truffle, whatever the fuck those ones are. You're trying that right now. And I've only had two of the overstuffed cookies. Worst sharer anyway. Yeah, Nate eats all the cookies. Tell how many did you have so far, Nathaniel? Mm-hmm. Oh man, you busted me out and then walked away. That was a gangster move. <laughs> fuck. Oh, she even did the suck it thing as she walked away. I'm like stone cold stunned right now. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, no, but for real. I had like, oh, and then she John Cena'd be, goddamn. 
This is crazy. Okay, I got these Oreos. Okay, so first and foremost, I had six of the mega stuffs or the most oh stuffs. My God. They're the really fucking oh, good. Oh, yeah, it the says limited edition Oreo, the most stuff. S-T-U-F. And it's OG <laughs> Oreo cream. It's not like the weird shit they use in the mega stuffs or the double stuffs or whatever the fuck it is. There's one of those stuffs that tastes really funky. The mega stuff. Yeah, okay. I'm going to take that. This is... I'm going to take one of these two, yeah. just for a picture purpose, okay? So I'm going to try, for the first time, the dark chocolate flavor Oreo, yeah. which I feel like I'm already going to want, like, a little slice of strawberry on. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? These would also be really good in this uh, dip that Sarah and I have been making, this truffle dip with uh, Oreo and cream cheese and all sorts of shit. Oh, those have been so good. Can I just tell you guys how happy I am to be able to take a fucking picture with my cellular telephone again? Mm-hmm. Oh, phone. man. Yeah. I'm probably going to talk about this on Monday's JIC, which I haven't done yet this time travel But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, getting a new phone is cool because now I have my camera, like, for some reason, one day the whole entire thing just fell off my phone and broke. And I was like, what the fuck? And I looked it up and it's a thing. Some Samsung phones, they like melt off. Great story. This cookie sucks. Really? You don't like it? No. Uh, no, the dark chocolate one is definitely like making me really thirsty. And I feel like it has very little flavor. It's just like I'm eating a chocolate cookie with no cream filling in it. Oh, thanks. Bam, water. water. Beautiful. Helping I also it out. have my, my coffee in my little owl mug here. Would you describe that as damn fine coffee? I would. It is uh, the Bright Sky Blend, the Starbucks yeah. meat. What is it? A blonde? It's a blonde roast mm-hmm. for our coffee enthusiasts yeah. out there. It's pretty freaking good. And it tastes really good in a mug that's in the shape of an owl. Mm-hmm. Or with owls on it. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get back to these yeah. Oreos real quick. I want to give like kind of like a full thing. So one. you don't like the dark chocolate? She's giving me half this dark chocolate. Yeah, one. I'm reaching for the over stuff. You to, want the mega to me the dark chocolate ones tasted like an extension of the cookie. Like yeah. if you're the kind of person that likes to just eat the cookie of the Oreo, which I am, I like that. Uh, then you will like the dark chocolate ones. They kind of have like a brownie sort of taste in the middle. That's why I don't think them. I like it because it just tastes like there's no cream in it. It just tastes like cookie. Yeah, it it's tastes like, like a brownie cookie. to me, yeah. like a chewy, yeah. It's, Crunchy um, brownie. I liked it because I like weird bitter stuff. I like black coffee. Apparently I'm a sociopath according to Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for all the, you know, factual, not fake news that everybody keeps tagging me in. <laughs> oh, I am quite on the opposite end, you guys. I just think it's hysterical because you're not crazy or like a psychopath. So it's funny when we see things like that, you know, just like, wait a minute, you drink straight up. I mean, you drink straight up black coffee and give no fucks. I can't believe that just happened. You just drop some of your cream on the ground like a. That's like one too much. That's like one regular cookie worth of cream you dropped on the fucking ground. Well, while she's still working on that cream, I'm gonna tell you about my Sunday. That about my Sunday since that was a. Was that pretty loud? That That was. was, I'm so sorry. Loud rip. The the top of the Oreo package almost shames you. I don't know if you realize that. Like you cannot get into that quietly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just. 
You want to sneak this snack at three o'clock in the morning next to your loved ones? It's not no fucking happening. No, no, you get ratted out every time. Look, uh, my Sunday was delicious. It was because I'm stuck with the lactose free. Okay, there's n- Briars is the only one that makes real ice cream that actually tastes like their regular vanilla ice cream. I can vouch for that because I always get the Briars yeah. natural vanilla ice cream. It's always been my favorite forever. It mm-hmm. tastes so good in milkshakes, particularly. Mm-hmm. And having been eating the lactose free when you know we're having ice cream, mm-hmm. there really isn't much of a difference. Yeah, it tastes the same. Yeah, so that's like my limit. So the Sundays have been like a big deal for me to have like real ones. You know, I'm not knocking other frozen treats that have gotten me by over the years, but. You know, the selection has been poor. Yeah, and sometimes you just get over it. But look, these most stuff Oreos, man, if you one cookie is all you need on a little Sunday, you, this cream, there is so much of it. You Warm. can take it and like put little like drops of it, like little gumdrop sizes almost of Oreo cookie cream in your Sunday, right? And then you crush up the cookie at the end on the top. And it's really it, creamy. It's, it's not like flaky. It's like creamy. Yeah. But like in the Sunday, it held its shape the whole time I was eating the Sunday, oh. but it didn't become frozen. So it was like a blizzard. So it was literally like Oreo, like it tasted like an extension of Oreo cookies as it, as you would, one would imagine the cookies and cream uh, Sunday is supposed to taste. You know, sometimes you get ripped off by that. I, you know, I like this ratio of like having like the, the, chunks of cream in there as it were it's like it was like next level okay so i highly recommend doing that with these gigantic cookies you will be very shocked like but the cream is good because like the mega stuff i don't know if you know like if you are oreo aficionados and you follow this new trend of all of these fancy new oreos they keep coming out with but the most or this cream like we were saying before is like the og oreo cream minus you know i'm not talking about like the 90s oreos we all miss them rip okay all right they're gone but this one is not like the horrible horrible mega stuff oreos I don't know what is wrong with the cream in those Oreos. It's different. It's different. There's something wrong with it. It's like frosting. It's not the same. No, it's not the same. And it's not like the old Oreo cream either because that used to be a little more like frosting. It didn't just come off. Like it was a challenge to get the cookie and the cream apart Mm -hmm. cleanly. Without breaking the cookie or the cream like mm -hmm. breaking off. Right. I need to interject something about that breaking it apart. I got really good at separating Oreo cookies, and I think that the most stuff... I believe that about you. <laughs> Listen, I think the most stuff Oreo cookie was made by one of two kinds of people, either a fat kid or a stoner kid or a fat stoner kid, because check it out. So the perfect person when, is designing Oreo cookies. Correct. So it's like <laughs> yeah. four Oreos worth of stuff is how much they dedicated to the most stuff. And it's like you guys said, it's the it's not the OG OG like you were saying, but it's mm-hmm. the current original cream flavor of oreo it has that consistency that that mm-hmm. creamy texture mm-hmm. and it it's just real good it just <laughs> it's a two biter for me which usually oreos are one biters let me just say no for days i've been eating the, that one cookie that i started at the beginning of the show that one i just now finished it yeah it took me that long to eat that one cookie yeah basically what you and have I've to had do three cookies in that time and one of them was the most stuff like if you bite into wow. this cookie the cream squishes like 
all all out. Like yeah, I dropped some on the floor. Yeah, it does its <laughs> thing. It. So it's you got to like take the one cookie off the top and use it like a scoop for the like that's exactly the rest of it, and then you eat it like that. Like you have to like pick at it. It's amazing. It's, so it's like a Dunkaroos. Yeah, it's that's like exactly this what I just did. Hybrid mm-hmm. treat cookie. It's great. It's got yeah. But you know what? Yeah, I think. That. My favorite one that we will never find again was those freaking Fruity Pebbles ones. Oh, yeah. The they ones are that like were legendary. Earth too, man. Yeah, we found them at the store one magical day. Walgreens. Yeah, yeah they were like fr- called like Fruity Crisp or Fruit Crisp or something. Yeah, it was like, like Fruity crispy. Pebbles. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't say Fruity Pebbles. It said something. It was called something else. But it was like the, they were the golden Oreos with f- like Fruity Pebble flavor in, and then yeah, and little like crunchy pieces cr- yeah. of like rice well, cereal in the cream yeah. and they were like the most perfect oreo well, ever amazing. and then do you remember that they did the the oreo mystery oreo challenge and yeah. those were and the same was, fucking and ones and we bought them and i was so <laughs> happy i was like thinking to myself i was like i really 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 want this to be the fruity pebble ones you know mm-hmm. and then we opened it up and they you could smell it too. It I could like, smell it. I was like, oh my God, these are them. I know it. I know it in my heart. We have to buy them, guys. Yeah. And then we did. I also have something to say about Fruity Pebbles that's uh, relevant. <laughs> I recently bought a box of Fruity Pebble cereal that now comes with marshmallows. Yeah. These hybrid oh. cereals, man, they're coming out with. I mean, it's a hybrid world. Those cornflakes with yeah. the marshmallows, the frosted, frosted, frosted flakes. flakes. Oh. Frosted yeah, cornflakes with, with charms them. marshmallows. God, like, what? Man, that was like the, they're the most, it's the most perfect cereal. Yeah, it's so good. Nobody likes the other crap the Lucky Charms come with. They just eat no. it because the marshmallows are in there. That's the only reason it's tolerated. Yeah, yeah nobody would have that. You, I feel like they sold that cereal. It wasn't like Alphabets or something. Do you remember Alphabet, those? Cereals? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Alphabet. and they were like <laughs> Lucky Charms without the marshmallows. Like they right. were all like cardboardy Lame. and yeah, yeah. It's like they were trying to be like a Frosted Flake, but they were poor you job. Know, there's poor this, job. There's this place. Uh, I can't remember. It's the Amish place around here. What the fuck is it? Called? I don't know what it's called. There's an Amish town mm. uh, close by to where we live. Yeah, like there an is. Hour. And I forget. Uh, oh no, it's not. It's not. It's kind of by like Shipshawana. Shipshawana. There it is. You I did just had this. I had to go back to my you like slumber it. party days for right? that one. <laughs> totally. <laughs> this has been like a like a, a little camp out kind of day because we're snowed in. It's yeah. snowing like a motherfucker outside. And we've just been eating all this kid food. Yeah. <laughs> and pot <laughs> roast. It's like yeah. an Oreo Sunday day. <laughs> Lazy Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what the hell was I talking about? Uh, Shipshawana. Shipshawana, yeah. yeah. There's a place in Shipshawana that sells bags of the marshmallow uh, cereal bites. Oh. That's just a bag yeah, of yeah. the marshmallows. Mm. And my friend, uh, shout out to my friend Carrie. She got me a bag of it when she was out there like a couple of years ago. I, think that was like, I remember. I think that was right when we first met you. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so fucking pleased because it was like yeah. just the marshmallows and none of the work. Yeah, because Ollie was it. obsessed with it. Oh, Oliver was so happy. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I, I was able to bribe ooh. him and like it, it, those. Ba- that like bag of marshmallows two. like helped to like potty train yeah. him. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Lasted a while. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, marshmallows and pizza. Yeah, it was yeah. the potty training miracle. Yeah, he'd have to eat pizza on the potty to yeah. sit there. <laughs> <laughs> what a weirdo! He is my child. 
Oh, pizza. anyways. Damn. Memories. I wonder if anybody's going to be delivering pizza today in this horrible way. Oh, you know they are. They're making bank. Shit. Maybe they Somebody's should make some bank, bank from us. You know who's DoorDash. Making, I was just, God, you just did it, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Man, Sucka. we found this new. I mean, it's not really new. It's kind of old, but it's new it to us. It is new to us. Because we haven't it's had so this service. It's so new to us that I don't even have it in my town. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. That's a fair assessment. Yeah. So DoorDash is this wicked fucking Grubhub delivery service that you Legit, just order guys. the food on your phone from whatever restaurant and then they update you when your shit gets there and you've already paid everything. You've already tipped the motherfucker. They literally walk up, hand you your food and leave. The end. That is the transaction. It, it is magical for the introverts out there. It's Highly magical. recommended. You pay for it. Now, I mean, like you, sometimes you get lucky and there's like free delivery or like dollar delivery specials, but the delivery can get a little steep when they add because DoorDash takes a fee. Isn't you know, it like a ten percent fee. fee? Yeah, DoorDash will take take a fee because basically it's like Uber for food. That's what we've yeah. uh, I've sort of assessed about it. You know, these drivers just uh, drive you know little food babies around to people all day. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Make commissions and tips. It's magical. Yeah. And there's so many restaurants that participate in it around yeah. here, which is yeah. super cool. Yeah. I do like that you can pre-enter a tip and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, you got to be. You don't have to deal with people at all. And you right. get your delicious fucking red lobster delivered to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Anything like. Uh, man, you know. <laughs> when we discovered DoorDash, that was like the best day. <laughs> I know. We're like. A hundred and fifty seven places will deliver here. And we ended what? up settling on Boston Market of oh, all God. places. Well it's it was because so we had just good though. Do you know why really I will defend our Boston market decision? Because mm-hmm. we had just gone through not having time to get groceries and then also we just so eating busy. fast food for like a week and a half it was just like a, a, yeah, an onslaught rough. of the same like rotation of fast food just because of time issues and whatever it just was happening that way and then it was like we were sitting here and we didn't have time <laughs> again for the groceries i mean we, we had time to like get the groceries but not actually make the food or vice versa it was one of those situations we're like what is this doordash thing because you know the restaurants had started to put stickers up some mm-hmm. of them in the windows that they were and it's like okay well because i my siblings live in the city so i'm used to the idea of grubhub that right. they've had that up there for years which is wonderful you know yeah when you it, want sushi and my god i don't even want to talk about it yeah it's one of the perks of having to deal with living in the city of chicago which i don't want <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with a uh, limit mm-hmm. more limited options just anyways but that's uh yeah so doordash is a relatively new thing to us and it's magical i want to say so the boston market was delicious we'll dissect that meal in a second oh yeah that's why i was on it but i want to discuss the other side of doordash (laughs) because sarah and i got to witness it from a different perspective and oh fuck duck oh yeah okay so what day was that it was Friday in between mm-hmm. getting the oil change and everything yeah. before I came down to get you. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> she was like, I want to go to Chipotle. And I was like, all right, sure, whatever, let's go. So we go there and the line was no people. There was like one person in front of us and that was it. So they order their food. We stand there for 10 minutes. Why? Because web orders, they're like four web orders they're kicking out. That should have already been. I saw the time on them said to, like 
12 p.m. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they should have already It was already delivered. 15 minutes past. Oh, damn. So yeah, they were backed up. They were backed up bad. And then, so we ordered our food and got through the line. And as soon as we left, due to what I'm assuming was DoorDash orders and peak hours of operation, the line at Chipotle was out the door consistently through the entirety of our lunch and never got shorter. Damn. Yeah, People were constantly... So the problem with this whole th- concept is that they're getting overloaded with web orders mm-hmm. and can't put generate enough output to, you know, get everybody. And Sarah had the fucking solution. Oh, well... The thing is, is I don't know what it takes to for these restaurants to like sign up with them, or I don't know what that is if they how they do that. Right. But it's like there's no room, physical room in these restaurants to like even have the food available. You know, right. I feel like the restaurant would need like a like a back fulfilling station. Right. You know, just a for the web orders. Area for right. Web orders. Right, because they were filling at, at Chipotle. They were filling these web orders, like Nate said, at the line while mm-hmm. the co- customers, like literally, we stood there and just watched it pile up out the door. And you I know, we like, were really nice about it. We were joking with them. I was like, "Is this the bane of your existence?" And they were like, "Oh my god, yes, this is blah." <laughs> you know, kind of unloaded a little bit because I saw them gonna Struggling. get pound. You know, yeah. it was piling up. I feel Poor like, girl looked dead eyed. Yeah, she feeling. did. I feel like yeah. the protocol there is something like every other. So they got to do like fulfill a web order, fulfill a customer, fulfill mm-hmm. a web. But when. Yeah. 10 people walk in at the same time and you've got 20 web orders. Well, now you've got chaos. And there's Mm -hmm. only so much food at the station. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So either they're going to need to have two prep counters, you know, one for up front, one for back of house, you know? Yeah. And they probably don't have space because it's like a franchise. So they're already like they were never allocated. Yeah. This is a new thing that's just like put on top of something. Right. You know, kind of like, well, let's see if how it goes. I hope that. It happens for places in my town because yeah. I certainly hate driving to pick up. Could you food. imagine if George's or something delivered? Just you know, somewhere Could just you for convenience. If there was like really, really great restaurants in mm-hmm. my town. <laughs> we only got several options, and but mm-hmm. you've also got stuff from Crown Point closing. that could come down. Even Shoops closed in my town. Crazy. What the fuck is that about? Yeah. Dang. I went I to go there and it was gone. That's what I you said. That. I still, I have, yeah, I haven't been over there to check and verify, but Nate mm. said it's gone. <laughs> the sign still has something up from like something about Thanksgiving or something. That's so weird. Yeah. So Everything's it's, closing, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bummer. But I feel like the era we live in, like thinking about DoorDash, that's the future, man. You're, how many orders years ago were missed because people didn't take phone call orders oh, and tons. didn't deliver. But that's the problem is like these businesses aren't going to be able to, like they're just screwing themselves because they're not going to be able to have enough product to, you know, fill all of the orders. They're backing up their time, mm-hmm. their, their cook times. They are going to need to have more employees. They're, it's like a nightmare. Right. I thought about that. I Unless just, yeah. like they just start doing delivery themselves. Right, some people are. Yeah, some you know, places do. But the problem do. with that comes with you have to have different kind of insurance for your drivers, and, mm-hmm. you know, for your employees. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just increases the costs, and then you have to consider paying them mileage, you yeah. know. And there's a certain percentage that you legally have to pay for that, and it's just a big fucking deal. Which is why DoorDash is cool in concept if they can if they can do it. 
great yeah. if they can't that sucks yeah i i mean you don't want to let it affect your business yeah for real or the quality of food but mm-hmm. so far so good like we said the the boston market thing you know yeah was that was ex- radical <laughs> that, yeah. those sweet potatoes were next fucking level they put molasses in them mm-hmm. molasses yeah <laughs> you just it just sounds delicious when you say molasses like it's <laughs> mm. it's like basic food but you know, we're new to the game, Boston Market. You can't call it basic food. It was Plus, like really good quality. Chicken. Another problem with DoorDash, I will say, is that it's a lot of like, I don't want to say shitty franchises, but it's a lot of just like basic franchises mm. that are participating in this right now. There's not a whole uh, lot of like smaller local businesses that are doing it. There was it. a handful. There was a fair handful yeah. on there. We just... It's just limited choices, I guess. Limited options. Yeah, it depends on where you live, I suppose. It really does. I've just been so bummed out ever since the Thai restaurant closed. And, like, there's literally only one Thai restaurant in the whole whole area. Changed. And it's not good. It doesn't even taste like Thai food anymore. I know the last time we had it was such a fucking bummer because it's like yeah the, not only is it the only thai restaurant it's my f- personal favorite thai restaurant because i grew up eating it you know yeah it's not owned by the same people anymore it's not i don't know it's totally well, i know different. that they have new employees and i know that they have a new they have new uh kitchen staff too like because... a grocery section now <laughs> it used to just yeah be and i that thought that family. was gonna be radical <clears throat> yeah well as soon as the manager we picked up our food and the manager was like leaving, so mm. whatever. And when I called the place to order, the very young teenage girl who did not give a fuck, by the way, <laughs> I was like, okay, um, I need to get an order of the yellow curry. And she's just like, what? We don't have that. And I was like, oh, I've gotten it from you before. Did you get a new menu? Uh, let me look at the menu and then she gets the menu out and then she just starts looking at curry listing off curries and i was like okay well i'll just get that one then because it's made with coconut milk that'll be fine and then i want to get my noodles but i don't want all of the vegetables in it and i want it with tofu and with the egg and all the other shit that it comes with you know and then i get my food oh we get there you know and i look at the menu and the yellow curry is in fact the very first curry listed Ugh. on the menu and i was like that's the, the that's what she wanted man what the fuck so yeah. they had your curry but they said they didn't and they didn't Rude. give it to me so i got mm-hmm. you a shitty curry that you didn't end up really liking well and it was then, really spicy it had yeah. like it was the like, batang or something i i don't know it had it had some heat and you wanted the masamon or something like that, right? Yeah, I wanted the well, yeah, the masamon curry's good. That's like it's got potatoes and stuff in it. It's more of a mild like sort of a thing. Yellow curry has a little bit more s- spice to it, but it's not spicy. Mm-hmm. At least not in not the kinds that I've had. You know, you've gotten it from Five Star before and I've tried it and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, I would eat that. That's fine." Yeah, I missed the curry that was down the street here, though. Yeah, the exotic guy. That place closed. It's going to be some sort of Korean barbecue place now. Yeah, Koba or something. Kobo. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Well, my dinner was terrible from from the Thai place. It was Mm -hmm. not what I wanted. He literally, because I said I, I didn't want the vegetables in it, he literally put nothing in it except noodles and tofu, and they were barely cooked, and there was no garlic, there was no egg, and I was 
fucking furious. Yeah, these are glass noodles, by the way. So it was so like it was a chunk. bland ass yeah. chunk of like mushy glass noodles. Yeah, and usually they're like pan up. fried, and mm-hmm. they've got crispy egg in it. And I like it with onions and like. So I called, and I never yeah. called, but I was fucking pissed because we drove like it's half hour. They, they paid a forty bucks. Price. Yeah, yeah, man. And they got their oh, and the crab rangoon I got was like. Crab Rangoon from Gordon's Food Service. It's right. like air with a little bit of cream cheese. Clearly. Yeah, there was barely any fucking filling. Mm-hmm. They were over fried and they tasted like nothing. Like they got them literally. They must have gotten like them from. Like crappy wontons. Crappy wontons. Yeah, they sucked. Yeah, it, it was, was super not, mad. It was and not it was, Thai. So I called and I was like, can I talk to a manager? And he's like, yeah, I'm the manager. And I was like, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and listen to my order. Shut up and listen to my order. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I want. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Junior Western Bacon Cheese. Junior. Mm-hmm. No onions. So I said, you fucked up my order. He's like, oh, I'm the cook. <laughs> I didn't know what you wanted if you didn't want any vegetables in it. And I said, well, I want what comes in it. I want garlic. I want egg. I want tofu. I don't want fucking glass. No- I didn't say it mean, but I don't I want did glass. Not say fucking. I did not say fucking, but I was very heated about it. You know, she could have said fucking. Could have said fucking, but I didn't. Mm. But anyway, so I just bitched about it. And he's like, well, I didn't know what you wanted. I've never made it before. Blah, 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 blah. And what? That was like, a great timeout. That was an amazing interpretation <laughs> of his voice. Blah, 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 blah. That was perfect. That's exactly how he sounded. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's how he sounds to me now in my memory. Good. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So anyway, he said he'd uh, write down my name and then I can come in and get a new order cooked how I want it. And I did not go pick that up. I told you. I didn't want it. There's a fear with that. And I said, okay, thank you. And I totally forgot to tell him that his dipshit uh, counter girl did the curry thing. Yeah. Just to be like, dude, you know these girls are really, they're dumb. They're affecting your business. They're affecting your business. They make me not want to call and order food from you because they're just like rude. They're super rude. They don't care. And I don't like supporting businesses that don't care about the quality of their service because I work in the food industry, you know, and I genuinely care. You know, it's not my restaurant, but I want it to succeed and be the best it can be because I I have pride in it. I work mm-hmm. there, you know. I want other people to support it. This is how things cannibalize themselves in places right. in the people suburbs. People don't care, man. Yeah, they they get a monopoly on it. They're the only restaurant of its kind in the mm-hmm. like the whole place, and now and they, they don't have greedy. to care. Yeah, now they don't have to care. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I yeah. want exotic tie to return, but they yeah. need to be called Phoenix tie because they rise again. <laughs> And then it needs to be in Hammond instead of where it was initially so it's closer. We can get it all the time because I loved their red curry was heaven. First place I ever yeah. had pad thai was exotic thai. First place I ever had pad CU was exotic thai. That's what I get. Yellow like, curry, red curry. All the times I had thai for the first time, any trying of anything, any new thing was from their menu. My love for Thai food comes from their fucking restaurant. Now it's gone. There's some really good Thai restaurants in uh, Chicago. Fuck them! I want exotic yeah. Thai. Some of my some of the good ones are gone. Yeah. Have you ever been to Joy Noodles? No. That's a good one. We'll have to go there sometime. That sounds cool. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Anyways, Thai food. Yeah. 
All right, now I want Thai that. <laughs> can't well, have it. We got to learn how to cook it, you guys. Ooh. <clears throat> yeah. Today we made some egg salad. Y'all did. I, I had no oh, part no. in that. I made the egg salad. Sure. Sarah helped me stir it, though, because I hurt my hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she yeah. got bit by a drawer. Yeah, my hand got hurt in a drawer, and it was already hurt from previous hurting, and it still hurts. Mm, <laughs> compounded. Yeah, so she helped me stir the egg salad. It's thoroughly interesting to everybody. I helped. <laughs> Give me What's in your egg salad? I don't even know what egg salad is compiled of. Well, typically I make my egg salad different. I make my egg salad the same way I make my double egg mixture, which you've had before. Yes. You like that. Yeah. Sarah and I always make like doubled eggs for holidays. Mm-hmm. Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving. That's like our yeah. our treat that Except we bring. Except this year. We didn't make them this year. No, we didn't. We didn't make them this year. I made so many fucking Thanksgivings and corn casseroles and I had to do so many potatoes like for the restaurant you know we yeah the restaurant had to have Thanksgiving for like 200 people ready Mm -hmm. I feel like we were food drunk the better part of the end of the year we were yeah, I was, sure. I, I maxed out my uh, my holiday like all the way up <laughs> my and until eating. all the way yeah. up and in through AP and Liz's wedding because that oh my maxed God, that out was too you know just to say it again the cherry on the cake mm-hmm. of the year that was me bowing out of 2018 <laughs> peace out motherfucker <laughs> I am done yeah yeah no, that was that a good was one. a rough night. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. can't believe you told everybody. Take it sleazy it. and I'm out. I'm jerk. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, my egg salad is usually different. I make it like I make my deviled eggs, which um, I'm not going to tell because yeah. it's my fucking keep, keep secret. Keep the secret, yeah. Ancient Chinese secret. That's right. <laughs> Take me away. Anyway, <laughs> I use mayo, yellow mustard, celery salt. Typically, I put in a couple shakes of Worcestershire sauce for some smoky depth. Which we did not have today because we, for reasons, don't have that. We kept and thinking we did. Yeah, I thought I had it, but uh, I must have took it into my house for something. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I was uh, missing it. And what the fuck else did I put in? I put in, I, I, I oversalted it on accident. We put in garlic sea salt, regular mm-hmm. sea salt, and... One other kind of salt, Pink. celery salt. Oh, mm. yeah, and then a ton of black pepper. We've got these amazing, like, different kinds of seasonings now, courtesy of like yeah. Myers McCormick section. Yeah, those things are indestructible. They're made out of glass. I dropped yeah, them dropping. from yeah. the highest part of our cabinet, and it did not shatter <laughs> whatsoever. I love those seasonings. I was grinders. like, yeah, there's all different kinds of them. Um, like, I really mm-hmm. like the different peppercorn ones that we have. Like the green peppercorn ones are nice, and the black and white pepper one is my yeah. favorite. Do not get the peppercorn medley if you're looking for just pepper, though. Right, because it's got some like red peppercorns in there. And coriander and stuff that's not even pepper. Right. Yeah, which it's good if you want that flavor. But But it's too floral. It's floral, yeah. It it has like almost almost a sweetness to it uh, that I'm... I don't know. I don't know where I would want to place it still. Hmm. I mean, I've put it on a lot of different things, but... I've just been kind of meh about it. I'm I'm pretty basic with seasonings, though. I like well, we seasoned the stuff. shit out of that egg salad, and it turned out pretty good. I liked you, it. You said you like it salty, like I that. do. I like salty eggs. Smashed a whole sandwich at lunch of it. It was delicious. Yeah, you mm. made the mistake in not toasting your bread, though. Fucking idiot! I'm so dumb. Why did yeah, I do that? Cool. I had mine on toast. It was delicious. I love mm-hmm, egg salad on toast. 
Damn. I'm going to try my next one with the slice of cheese on it, though. That's what I did. I did add cheese to mine. See, I was Sounds thinking Sounds disgusting, there. but I really want yeah, it. Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't like it with cheese. I just like the egg salad on toast. You know what it reminds me of is like when I was a kid and I was super poor, my dad and I, every morning before he would go to work at like 4 a.m., he would have to wake me up. We'd have to go to my grandma's house and he would drop me off and I would go to bed and then wake up later and hang out there all day. Mm -hmm. So like in the morning sometimes he would wake me up with with an egg sandwich. So it was like, um, you know... uh, I don't know how it was done. Sunny side up, I guess. Fucking egg mm-hmm. on toast with the cheese and mayo spread, and it was delicious. <laughs> I fucking loved it. Uh, so that actually, your your egg salad sandwich reminds me a lot of that, but has different texture and flavor, which is also nice. I love um, making egg stuff. Like mm-hmm. Sarah, little known secret, Sarah makes the most perfect over medium eggs ever. Yeah, I do. <laughs> They yeah. are so good. What's your secret to that? Do you have anything time? Is it is it just the look of it? Yeah. What do you how do you know? Well, I don't know. I I've just been it's low heat. Honestly, you have to be patient with mm-hmm. eggs. The the problem people have with eggs is they go from zero to fried because they always have you always have the skillet too hot. Like you think you mm-hmm. need to hear a sizzle when the egg goes on there. You don't need to hear a sizzle. No, if you, you want get those nasty nets on them, and I fucking correct, hate that. Correct. All of the <laughs> the stringy bits that end up on the when it's too fried or whatever when mm-hmm. you're cooking them like that. But what I do, I always cook with uh, extra virgin olive oil. Okay, Ooh. like I like it. I. I'm See, trying I'm to more in- of a butter flavor in my eggs. I like that, but I'm trying to incorporate as many like anti-inflammatory foods. I know that sounds like an old, old person call. thing, but I'm a piano player and you know and all that. You get I don't want to be all arthritisy and stuff, right? Like, word, word. Yeah, so I've heard it's good to have that. So I have that. I have nothing against butter, by the way. I think it's important <laughs> to have like butter on toast with your jam because it helps you oh, digest your food better. You know, fats I always are cook important. my eggs with with butter because I just I love that flavor. And I agree, it is all about the temperature control. Like you got to do yeah. low heat over a longer period of yeah, time. Yeah, a lower heat and to get that perfect yolk. Right. So I'll put the olive oil in a smaller pan. Mm-hmm. I I use smaller pans for eggs. I feel like I can control the heat a little bit better in a smaller pan. Totally. I cook, you know. As opposed to like a big wide griddle or a big, you know, um, right, bigger, and then you can bigger... control the size of your egg as you crack it as well. Right, it doesn't run over everywhere. Right, I'll only I only ever cook in a couple at a time so that I can control what's happening. So, uh, yeah, I I'll I'll put the olive oil on to the point where like when you flick just a little bit of water at it, you hear like a tiny little sizzle, so you know it's ready. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Um, I'll put the heat on, on my stove. I have a gas stove. I don't have an electric stove, so that I don't know the difference. But well, I know the difference between them. But the heat heat differential, I guess, it just depends on what kind of stove you have. But I put mine at like you know medium or like just under medium heat because uh, you don't want to put it really no. hot on a little pan. Like lower is better on a little pan. If you were looking at a clock between four and six o'clock, that's about where you put it. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Okay. I had to think about it for a second. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, the eggs don't make a sizzle when I put them in, but they'll start to like the whites will with in an instant start to turn white. You know, the proteins do their thing and they'll Mm -hmm. start to turn. So that's when you know it's hot enough, but not too hot. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's if it makes a sizzle noise, that means you're going to get the fried part on the bottom that you don't want. Now, do you season your eggs while you're cooking them mm-hmm. or after? So as soon as I put it in, when it's cooking on the top, I'll season the top side and then I'll flip it over and I'll season that side as well. Uh, and then I make sure that I kind of roll it around in the pan a little bit to get whatever seasonings have kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, I heavily season my eggs Usually just uh, some whatever sort of s- salts I have, sea salt or the pink stuff that we have. And lots of pepper. Yeah, and lots of pepper. I really like pepper. Me too. Um, I like a lot of pepper on my eggs. And um, yeah, I uh, make it over medium all the time. To me, it's, it's like... I. It takes a lot of practice. I like to poke it just like gently with whatever spatula I have to kind of feel for like resistance against the yolk that's when i know it's at that perfect like almost runny but not not too runny i don't like it when it just explodes like the over the over easy thing i don't like that there's there's too much like runny sort of white happening not a fan of that but the over medium is the perfect cook where it's like just that Mm -hmm. that like perfect for sandwiches too yeah it's the best thing but it's just it's hard to achieve i've i've had a rare time at a restaurant that's achieved the over medium you never get your eggs the way you want them people are always fried eggs every time Mm -hmm. yeah issue they think you're exactly the issue you said yeah because you know why they're cooking it on a flat top yeah they're not cooking it in a pan Mm -hmm. because it's higher yield yep Mm-hmm. that's the problem yeah and another thing while your eggs are cooking don't forget if the if it starts to get too hot if you're like oh you know rather than turning the the heat down i just physically just pick up the pan because the eggs will continue to cook in the pan if you take it off of there like Correct. so i just immediately get it off of the heat because it it takes like you know 10 seconds of a difference sometimes between whether or not it's going to get mm-hmm. real squirrely on you or whether it's going to be delicious and soft and not want to stick in your teeth because i don't like that i always thought that i made the best scrambled eggs yeah scrambled eggs are good i I like scrambled eggs i would love can i say something i want to do we talked about this someday soon and i'm going to say this on the podcast here so now it has to happen someday soon nick dick dave and tyler are gonna come here nick dick dave and tyler okay so to (laughs) represent both Brews with Dudes, Podcastrophy, and Dungeons with Dudes, all in one encompassing thing, as well as foodies watching movies. I want to have a scrambled egg off versus Tyler. He and Wait, what? Is he claiming that he makes the best? He does claim that he makes a pretty damn good scrambled egg. Challenger. Dick has also claimed he has figured it out. They both have different methods. I'm not going to discuss their methods. I, I think methods. that I have the perfect method, but of course I learned my method from you, and I just incorporate Ooh, that's a great idea we should all cook our version of our best egg dish and mm-hmm. have each other try it and vote on who's actually the queen which is me i mean that's an eggy kind of episode <laughs> but i'm not against it uh, yeah and then i mean you know it's just i'll uh, be an impartial judge how about no that? you got to cook the over medium eggs and be yeah in the competition. over medium eggs i thought this was a scrambled eggs competition no she was saying just egg dishes an egg in off. general we oh an egg off an is egg fine off. i bet yeah, but deviled I bet, eggs I bet, oh fuck but those eggs, my the over mediums take twice as long to make so as scrambled eggs. If we were not, planning, not I would have turnaround. We'll so. figure this out. We'll figure it out. I would have we'll Sarah do the over medium. I'd have you rock out the um, no. not not the scramble, but the deviled eggs. Wait, and then I now would do the scrambled. S- that's extra steps. Let's see, if What's, you're gonna if you're gonna judge we, people, they all have to be doing the same thing. 
Think Correct. about cooking competitions. Correct. So if you want to have it, like maybe the first one, everybody makes their best scrambled eggs and then people try to make, uh, you know, an over easy egg or something. And then people try, like it just gets harder. Or, you know, I love it. I love it. Yes. This is getting involved like here, going. you guys. What if we do teams and we present our three best yeah, egg dishes? Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You hear me? Team here, team those guys, you know. Team winners, yeah. team the Hoosas. Oh, shit. <laughs> Calling it out. Yeah. I think I will say we do have a little bit of an unfair advantage. First, we're cook- we will be cooking on our turf. And B, more importantly, we're uh, technically speaking more experienced because we often are trying to up our cooking game. Okay, they so don't care. Uh, we they win. don't care about that. How about we just make eggs for everybody, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out with those guys. Jesus. Nick, Dick, Dave, and Tyler. Nick, Dick, Dave, and Tyler. Yeah, Nick, Dick, Dave, and Tyler. Not... <laughs> What was that? David E. Dozy, Beaky, Mitch, and Mitchy, Wicky, Dicky, Mickey. This seems what? like a throwdown with Bobby Flay or something. It's a real throwdown with Bobby Flay. Yeah. But, we'll figure something oh. out, yeah. and it'll be uh, whatever it is. Moving on. Right? That was uh, who did the throwdown <laughs> show, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah. wait, that didn't sound yeah, right after I said throwdown with Bobby it. Flay. You're right. Mm-hmm. Not, not your, I, yeah. I, ta- I did a Guy Fieri type voice. That's why. So I did kind of, anyways. Bobby Flay did a lot of shows, so it's hard to keep track. True. He did a lot. Yeah. You made chicken and waffles last oh, night. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, were, that was spectacular once Quite again. Quite good. Yeah. I changed the game. I totally changed the game. Okay, so different. sometimes when I'm in the kitchen, it's science, right? I don't think about like... Uh, no one has ever told. Okay, I guess this is like you know how when you're a young musician and you don't know what you're doing, you write really cool ideas and shit, and don't think about the different like tempo changes and whatnot and chord progressions that you're doing and whatnot because you don't have any sensibilities of what music is supposed to be. In that same kind of way, I'm a little naive in the kitchen. While I have a great palate and know what I want, sometimes I just say, "Oh, this idea is going to work," without like experimenting to see if the idea is going to work. So last night. I'm you like, just go for it, chop kitchen style. Full fucking mm-hmm. blown. Let's just see what happens, right? So last night I'm like, you know, we're going to do chicken and waffles. And I have executed this dish several times over. It's not something that's new to me to make. I've done it. You guys love my fried chicken and whatnot. So I got the oil going early on. I get my chicken prepped. I get, uh, it, you know, usually I use that Kentucky Colonel's deep fried stuff. Oh, and it's so good and when I, you do. And mm-hmm. I put that as the base for the chicken. So it's the first thing the chicken goes That's in. That's the flour coating. Is the first flour coating before there's an egg wash. And then I will dredge with the second flour, which is, again, Kentucky Kernels. This time I was like, you know what? I bet if I use the waffle mix for the base, because it's flour-based, it'll do the same thing, but then it's going to have a tinge of sweetness within that chicken, which we're already going to have. Question. Sure. Did you coat the chicken in the waffle base? flour or did you coat the chicken in the waffle base as a mixture liquid the flour so you didn't coat it in the wet batter and then fry it no you did the seasoned flour the egg wash and then the waffle flour flip-flop that the waffle was first and then the egg wash and then the kernels on the outside yeah i wonder what it would have been like if you would have did it as a wet batter i didn't think about that because i wasn't again i wonder what that would have 
how that would have cooked. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because it would have been a thicker shell. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's something we should be play with that. I have no idea. I want, I'm like wondering if it'd be like fair food. I'm going to experiment. Ooh. I want to experiment with that. Oh, you know, you still have like waffle batter. In the I know I saved it. I thought about that because there was just enough. Yeah. I was like, I could get probably one more waffle out of this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I just, you know, did the typical something go-to. Uh, it's pretty easy. I figured it out, you guys, and this is, again, important to talk about the gas stove, the settings we use, temperatures and whatnot. When I was getting the oil going, I had it on a higher heat mm-hmm. at the very beginning. And then I, as soon as I started, it was the first thing I did was get my oil going because obviously you need your oil hot. So then I started doing all the other shit, and then by the time I got back to it, I had had it turned down once. So it was a little bit of a medium heat just to kind of keep it hot and then right before I was going to put the chicken in it and really go for it, I tur- cranked the heat back up so it was really going. Okay. And I'm just saying temperature control. I <laughs> saved it till the end to get it really, really hot because you can burn oil. I mean, that's a thing. <laughs> you know, you don't want to get it going crazy. So sure. anyways, uh, it was a good a good meal. It was overall. really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I drenched mine in maple syrup. The chicken was like super mm-hmm. good and crunchy. Mm-hmm. The waffle was super delicious and fluffy. I put extra vanilla in the batter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for good. that. That was delicious. Yeah, that's my little secret. A little extra vanilla. It's pretty good. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, we need to have that all the time. Um, I also want to make walking chicken and waffle taco thingies. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. We need to figure out a way to make like a taco shell out of waffle batter and then fill it up with delicious maple fried chicken. I think we would need a different waffle batter. Mm-hmm. I think we would need to come up with we'll one that's make crispy. It thinner, like maybe like a crepe, no, not a crepe batter, but like a waffle cone batter maybe. Then we would just be making waffle cones. <laughs> yeah, but then it'd be like a crunchy taco. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, mm. But if we could I, make it like... God damn. Chicken in a waffle cone. It. I'm going to think about it. <laughs> think, think about it, man. This just it, made man. me think of that Bloody Mary, man, that I saw. Oh, yeah. That was uh, on my little agenda <laughs> Please, list it? to talk about. It's also listed as Sarah's Bloody Mary Rage. Ah, <laughs> I'm thinking of it now. Go ahead. So, listen, I saw this it. picture. Uh, I don't remember where it's from. It doesn't matter because I wouldn't call out a place for this anyways. Because, I mean, listen, what's with... All of these Bloody Marys that are friggin' slop on top of meals. Like, it's like, it looks like somebody's garbage plate where everybody <laughs> threw whatever they had left of their. I got a couple bits. extra cubes of cheese. You're not yeah. a fan of the whole slider, grilled cheese, fried pickle no, combo. Not in entree, inside, en- entree inside a drink. Listen, it's one thing to garnish with the thing that you're putting in there. So, like, Bloody Marys are known for having, you know, bitter, weird, old man ingredients, right? Sure, so it's like, right up your if alley. If you have a skewer with a pickle and an olive, right, mm-hmm. and you have like uh, whatever other kinds of things that you actually have in the drink, mm-hmm. that's a garnish for the drink. Mm-hmm. If you start putting foods on top, that's no longer a drink. That's a food. It's that an appetizer. All that shit is going to fall into your drink. Das Boot. This one was a giant boot that had literal chicken legs on skewers oh as ears. And it had a but like it had celery and cheese. It had a whole crudite in the middle of this freaking boot that looked like it was full of nothing but ice and like maybe some drink in there. And then they're like three dollars. 
What? <laughs> okay. You just fed me so for $3 and now I'm drunk? You mean to tell me that all of these ingredients are going to be fresh and delicious and I'm also going to get drunk for $3? That's so funny. No. No, 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 no. I no, don't think that's real. No, you probably get drunk on $6 and really full. My stomach just turned <laughs> thinking about it. See, I like the concept. I like the spirit of it. I like the, the passion behind it. I like the concept how your sister's restaurant did a, a Bloody Mary with like a little grilled cheese on a skewer. It was like kitschy, you know, like a little quarter of like, right. like a bite size, a moose bouche, if you will. Yeah. It's, still, it's still toe in the line for me. I know, I know. And you were mad about like, that. Listen. <laughs> but then listen, we, we saw the Bloody Mary with the, the meaty slider in it oh, and you God. just lost your shit. <laughs> God, because it's not right. It's so, I don't mind if you want to have complimentary foods for your drink. Okay, mm-hmm. like that's fine. What defines a Bloody Mary? It's not all the shit that's in it. It's what the thing tastes like. Mm-hmm. It's got your Bloody Mary mix and it's got like pepper and weird old Vodka. man stuff in it. And it's fine how it is. I don't understand. Like the garnishes are fine. Like drinks have garnishes. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's as far as it needs to you go. Just don't I don't eat your garn. You just don't want to eat your I drink. don't need to sit here and go like if somebody hands me this, I go, how am I going to eat this? As soon as I pull this chicken wing out, there's going to be all this weird stuff. There's going to be a tiny hamburger that falls oh, inside like, of my uh, drink. You know, there's game? no like checks and balances Jenga. here. Like at that point, I would literally want to look at them and be like, serve this complimentary food on a plate next to my boot. Yeah. Okay. Like next I want to, I want to have my drink and then I want to eat these foods, but I don't want to do them while I'm digging one through the other. Mm. Like it's absurd. What? I feel like people are just like looking, just going. Hmm. What was that like, kids? What was that America. kids game? What Sorry. is that? That was that. What was that kids game where it was like a bunch of straws that intercrossed kerplunk, a, kerplunk and then like you'd pull a straw out slowly so and the then think, would fall. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's mm. like that, but with Bloody Mary. I yeah, don't like Bloody like, Marys. At some I do. point, I, I don't want a hunk of cheese falling in my <laughs> my alcoholic beverage. At that point, it just becomes tomato dip. It's yeah. awkward. Like, oh, tomato alcohol, dip. tomato dip. Oh, the, yeah. <sighs> so the rage well, is real? Yeah. The food rage is real? <laughs> Sometimes. There's just... I don't understand the some things. Some what things other food stuff do we have to talk about today? That was it. We were going to get into some movies, though. We watched yeah. a couple of... Uh, interesting picks we've checked some off our list finally we did we did from last year so um, we've got uh we've got three different movies i don't know where you guys want to start because they all deserve a little bit of time to talk about for three different reasons well i think we should talk uh, about the one with the lowest score first and with the lowest rotten tomato score sure sure sure, i should say because i kind of looked these up because i was being a nerd about it um at 74 percent on rotten tomatoes we watched bad times at the el royale flip the fucking tables only 74 percent 74 percent fuck them so that was a really weird movie guys yeah it had some like the first thing i thought of when i was watching i was like okay pandering to the tarantino fans Uh, yeah but i really liked it they got me they it got, got me, me too. It, it got me. pulled me in. The story was clever. It left you, in my opinion, constantly on the edge of your seat as as a thriller should. It really made you go, "What the fuck is going to happen next?" Yeah, I thought like, it was great. Like, I and really every liked it. and I feel like it. You, th- this goes back to kind of how we talk about Gotham. You know, at the end Gotham? of every episode, like Gotham, but like at this, mm-hmm. at the end of every room vignette, it was like bad times, like <laughs> motherfucker. You know, bad times. Um, it was really interesting. I thought 
I I loved uh, the setting. The art direction of the movie was cool. It was very retro vintage. I loved that John Hamm was in it, and it gave me some serious Mad Men vibes. Nick Offerman was in it? Nick Offerman was in it, a very brief cameo. Nice. R.I.P. at the beginning. Had uh, Jeff Bridges. Uh, Sarah, you're awfully quiet. You didn't like this movie, did you? I, I didn't not like it. I don't. I feel like I need another. I need to rewatch it to decide if I liked it or not. Yeah, because th- the th- ending felt abrupt to me. It felt like uh, you didn't like the end. It no, it felt like it was um, like. Do you remember the House on Haunted Hill remake mm-hmm. when the movie like all of a sudden like everything was like really slow paced and everything was happening like oh this weird stuff is happening oh, oh my god blah. and then all of a sudden it was just like. Oh, there's this crazy demon, and oh, now these people are out. Now it's over. Now it's over. It just—it was this weird, like saccharine ending, and I don't—I don't know how I felt. I just felt bewildered. I felt like I had a lot of questions. I felt Mm -hmm. like there was a lot of stories that didn't wrap themselves up. Um, But I don't know. A lot of loose ends. I'm not sure though. Like I said, maybe they didn't wrap themselves up because the movie was clever, and I need to rewatch it, or I will rewatch it and go, "This is trash." I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm on the fence here. Hemsworth this one. played an amazing bad guy. Yeah, Ooh, all of it. Like so the creepy. movie wanted me to like it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, all, the all the things, things all the all actors, the all of the. Yeah, that's why I'm on the fence here because I don't know if I'm into the story or the actors or the scenery or just the thing about. <clears throat> I, mm, like they're they're pandering to they're, you yes. and you don't want to give it to them. Exactly. Because you know why, what's going but on, I don't, but you still like it. Yeah, at the same time, I don't want to not give it to them and just say, oh, this is not clearly paid or well, whatever. Right. No, I, I need to give it a second chance, watch through. And just now that I, I know the ending. I would watch it again yeah. with you because I really liked it. And I thought, sure, there was things about it I didn't like. There was an excessive amount mm-hmm. of singing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of, uh, you know abrupt loose ends that I wasn't expecting because I didn't really know what to expect from this movie at all having right. only seen one trailer like a year ago and was like okay whatever <laughs> right Nate wants to watch this movie let's watch it right and it had that kind of like you said it did have the the Tarantino nod that's I mean it's undeniable but it's like it had it almost wanted to have a bit of like a memento feel to it as well totally. like I feel like the ending was trying to do some weird reveal like that but mm-hmm. I I felt like I wasn't like totally invested in the reveal at first. I'm like, well, this is it. It was like an amalgamation of like a David Lynch movie, a Tarantino movie, mixing together to try to create something. Spewed out of Hunter S. Thompson's mouth. Something. Yeah. Yeah, It felt very superficial to me, even though there were a lot of plot lines happening and intersecting at once. It's just a little arbitrary. Something about it felt superficial. And that's why I want to watch it again, because I don't know if it was just me not catching the references, you know, to things I hadn't seen yet or or if I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to watch Holy it again. Holy shit, I just had a revelation. Hmm. So the Madness. the guy that runs the bat the El Royale, all right? Uh, the the what we're going to call him is the hero, I guess. Or whatever you want to call him, the good guy, the 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 I know who you're talking about. The neutral of the story. Sure. All right. So the El Royale, I think, is not a job. It's a mission. 
and I'll leave it at that. I think he is on assignment because he is tasked to do very specific things with very powerful people and ensure that certain things don't get interfered with. I don't think that he's on assignment from like an army or whatever. I think that he's picked because he's like suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. from being a war veteran and being such a good sharpshooter like he was picked for this particular mm-hmm. job because of how many people he's killed because of all the shit that he's seen because of what he's willing to overlook because mm-hmm. he's all fucked up mm-hmm. and like that's just an example of one of the many like intricate sort of subplots they're just they like, could have explored yeah they're just but they didn't they throw it at that's you. the whole idea yeah. of it it's like it's like that movie four rooms that hotel movie yeah like but those were like self-contained kind little of vignettes right yeah this was all trying to be like i said the end of reservoir dogs the the famous scene where everybody's you know pointing the gun at everybody right. else yeah like, it it's had like that. reservoir dogs in four rooms made a movie yeah it had that feel the whole movie like well this guy was from this perspective but really this guy from this perspective was over here and then something was happening but do i care in the end is the point i don't know again the rewatch i need to decide to go to johnson is that her name she was in it too she did uh she had an interesting role in the movie the movie was also like extraordinarily dark. Like it, it was a black was comedy for sure. Yeah, you have to be ready for anything. <clears throat> yeah, you can't get attached to anybody or anything. You just have to be along for the ride for this movie. So, the, mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose I understand why the seventy-four percent Rotten Tomato score might be considered warranted. One-time watchers mm-hmm. who are undecided, voting sure, on sure. it and saying maybe they don't. Let's like watch it. it again and see if it changes her mind and see how sure. we feel about it. Report back. And we'll report back. I like that. The other movie that we watched that uh, had the next uh, lowest score coming in at 90%, Safety Not Guaranteed. Man, I'm stoked to check this one off the list. That was from 2012. Yeah, old movie, kind of. Aubrey Plaza, I don't know the other dude's name, but it has Dopinder from Deadpool's (laughs) in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, this is one of those movies. Oh, the guy from uh, New Girl? I guess, yeah. Is, is he in New Girl as well? Yeah. Uh, he was in Jurassic World. What the hell is that guy's name? Nixon? No. What's his name? Jake oh, are you talking about Jake Johnson? Was that Jake Johnson? Yeah. Oh, that was Jake Johnson. Oh, that makes sense now. Okay. Uh, okay, so this is one of those movies that I saw a few years ago that stuck with me. And so this time watching was my second watch through, and I know the end. I know for sure set in stone we're not going to spoil it here but let's definitely get that clear this is a movie i can't spoil the ending it's too okay. good uh <laughs> it's too clever in my opinion uh but watching the whole movie and anticipating your guys's reaction made the movie for me because it was just like oh how are they gonna feel when this happens like what's what's the end result because uh do you guys want to set the movie up a little bit for the audience or do you want me to kind of give a quick synopsis of what the plot of the movie was you go ahead yeah. Sure. Okay. So you're the sa- one who wanted us to watch this essentially, movie, so you can yeah. explain it. Essentially, Safety Not Guaranteed is a movie where there is a group of people who are writing in a newspaper, and they're trying to find interesting stories. And it's this guy, Jake Johnson's character, and he uh, asks about this ad, this lead that was in their classifieds. It's essentially saying. Uh, bring your own weapons. I am on a mission to travel through time. Uh, our mission is super secret, but he's safe- looking for a partner to time travel with. Correct, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know, your safety is not guaranteed." So, <laughs> I've only done this once before. Yeah, yeah very <laughs> important. I've only done this once before, right? So, 
they decide to write an article about him and find out what the fuck this guy's problem is. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza and Dopinder, I'm sorry I'm going to use that as his name, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they are the interns and they're like underlings or whatever. And Jake Johnson tries to buddy up to the guy that put the ad out and it doesn't really work out. But Aubrey Plaza actually kind of like gets this guy and then you get the deep end of the story and it's so like she makes a connection with him and says that she wants to be his time traveling partner mm-hmm. and she takes it very seriously and you you know and the they whole go on this crazy journey together and the whole movie kind of hinges on like is this guy fucking crazy yeah mm-hmm. like the whole entire movie i feel like you watch it the first time going is this guy fucking crazy and then the second time watching as you can assume you're like is this is this guy crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this movie stuck with me, and I liked the I liked the ending, and I liked how I f- felt at the end of it, thinking like, okay, this movie was totally justified sitting through. <laughs> yeah, you know, it definitely took an interesting turn at the end. Yeah, I was, I yeah, I, I would definitely recommend this movie. Yeah, I got no beef with this movie. Yeah, it's a it it's a, a solid film, man. It's Aubrey a Plaza. weird little tale. Yes, yeah. so weird, quirky, weird little tale. And weird I, people. And yeah. I will also say that, uh, you know, this is one of those movies where Aubrey Plaza was still pretty early on in her career. She's uh, still the exact same person, but she has right. not changed a she fucking changed lick at it's, all. I no. mean, I guess she is a little. Uh, I will say she is a little toned down in this movie, just a pinch. She's not super. It wasn't Ingrid Goes the, West. There you no, go. Correct. No. Correct. Uh, it wasn't batshit crazy. No, nah, but I, I do it's think safety, safety not guaranteed, mm. is an awesome flick. You should definitely give it a chance if you haven't yet seen it. How many pizza slices would you give it, guys? Ooh, if you're gonna have me actually rate this Out one. Of five. I'm going to give it a four pizza slices with, you know what? I'm going to give it a four pizza slices with some jalapeno because that shit was spicy. <laughs> Damn, it was just a spicy little movie. It just gets you. You just can't for It was like once you've seen Safety Not Guaranteed, it will not leave your memory. It's there. Like if I say it, you're like, now you're thinking about the film. You're like, man, what, what did we miss in there? Like there's a lot of stuff you can uncover in your second, third, and probably fifth, sixth, seventh watch through, well, you know, if mm-hmm. you get crazy about it. So yeah, I would say four. Sarah, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say the same four. It was a, a solid, solid movie. It was a nice, weird little movie that I feel like if this movie had been pitched in the 90s, would have been the same kind of effort just like it's this it's that kind of a movie it was a just 90s a weird movie, yeah a it was 90s like a story 99 kind of movie yeah yeah it had you know that. why it, it was done by the same people who did that movie little miss sunshine mm-hmm. it had that that vibe to okay. it that sardonic like weird mm-hmm. you know yeah i don't know it was yeah a, it was good a dreamy little movie what about you? Uh, yeah, I give it a four out of five pizza slices. I thought it was really good. I that, liked it a lot. That means it's foodies approved. Foodies approved. Four Stamp and approval. up, I think so. Uh, I will also mention, we didn't do this for bad times, but I would give that like a, a solid three and a half. Bad times? Yeah, bad times, three and a half, four. It's right It's right up there for totally different reasons, you know? I'd, gi- I'd give it a, th- I totally agree, a three and a half out of five. I mean, it's. I, it could be a four, though. I don't. I'm back and forth. It was just a little too contrived for me to give it a higher story. Like it was just. It was. It was really thought out, mm-hmm. and I could see the, like, 
some of the writing on the wall yeah it was like almost too thought out like we get it guys it's cool we got it Mm -hmm. you know we get Mm -hmm. you all right calm down you know what I mean? So for that, I give it a three and a half out of five. The cast was great. You know, the clothes were awesome. The music was cool. It was just a little much. Yeah. Well, I've already said I'm going to withhold my opinion. So we're gonna get we're gonna say two and a half right now because it's right in the middle of the road. But we'll this come could back. adjust. Fifty fifty. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Undecided. But I yeah I gave my reasons. All right. Well, we've got one other movie that we watched. Uh, this movie was fellow uh, foodie watching movie co-host Andrew Poor's pick. No, not quite. Let me clarify this. You said that, but let me more say. <laughs> when I saw the trailer for this movie, I was 100% sold. I was too, because I thought it was going to be um, something totally different. <laughs> I, I not... felt a little misled. From <laughs> yeah. from a, from, To defend AP fellow Foodie's co-host here a little bit. Just one second. Just save it one second here. But to to save, to to kind of give AP a little bit of credibility here. He warned me that it's different. He said it was bizarre. Like, he's like, I don't know what what you're going to think about this. No, no, no. I know. I just want to preface his pick by saying, to me, he kind of confirmed that I needed to see it, but I didn't know what we saw. I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck? Okay. So we watched a movie that came out last year. It's got 93% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Does it really? Yeah, yeah. No way. Sorry to Bother You from uh, 2018. Horse Force 2018. Oh, man. What the fuck? Okay, so Sorry to Bother You. <laughs> it's about a, a horse force. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert. We're going to talk about this movie, Sorry to Bother You, because we need to talk about this movie. Yeah, yeah. what the fuck? what the fuck i don't even know where to start i guess like the the premise of it seemed cool oh it's these guys in a call center who are using like quote-unquote white guy voice and it's to telemarket and sell more products and Mm -hmm. sound you know you know professional or whatever they their reasons are they get more money if they sound a certain way on the phones Mm -hmm. and that's how the trailer kind of made it out to be like it was going to be some weird artsy it almost kind of had like this Baz Luhrmann thing going on Mm -hmm. with all the colors like I thought it was going to be that kind of movie (laughs) and I love just real quick that they I want to say I love that this is what sold me on the trailer was when he was talking to people in the telemarketing thing he was dropped into their living rooms or bathrooms or whatever wherever they were doing whatever but and was it was it like theoretical or not? Was it? It was just to hypothetical. Actually, yeah, no, it's it hypothetical, was hypothetical. Yeah, it was just obviously. the artsy way of okay. showing him telemarketing to and, people and being yeah, in their invading lives, invading their space, invading their space while they're in the bathroom yeah. or whatever. Like, I get it. I like the concept. I, again, I like that the part of it. Yeah, of yeah, it. same. I like the passion behind it. It was all over the place. It was very fast paced. Um, it escalated real fast. So mm-hmm. it had some like weird like Kubrick shit going on, like mm-hmm. eyes wide shut shit going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It had everything. Yeah, the weird orgy at the top of the... the well, let's get yeah, there, though, yeah, because yeah. we got... Ooh. You've got the company that's kind of like... um, y- They seem like a background player, like you're just like being filled in about the world around you at first. Because Worry Free is this company that's essentially... You sell them your life. They give you... Worry Free is a company yeah. that basically you sign a lifetime contract to become like slave labor. 
without right. it being called slave labor, but yes. Right. To work for them forever the with no no pay. Because they're going to make sure you're fed and have a bed. And- that is your pay, essentially, is your lodging. So this is obviously taking place in some kind of weird, dis- slightly dystopian, mm-hmm. Earth 2 vibe kind of place yeah. where you yeah, don't really know. Oakland? Oakland. Or- yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be in Oakland where everything is real b- shitty. And people are losing their houses and driving shitty cars. And this guy yeah. is just motivated by money to get out of his situation and just be, what do they call him? The the power callers. Yeah, He wants yeah. to become a power caller. I mean, uh, I mean. They got that not, special elevator, you know. Yeah, they got a special elevator and everything. And like this movie's supposed to be like very allegorical. It's, you know, it's got a lot going on, guys. Yeah, you could really glean a lot of subplots that were happening a lot of messages it was but a very messy movie that was very yeah. fast paced like his girlfriend behind the together. scenes is uh running the like uh resistance to this company worry free mm-hmm. and you've got uh she's an artist he yeah. he essentially starts working for the call center and his buddies create the like want for a union and say they need him to speak so mm-hmm. he speaks on their like he speaks on their behalf, and they're all like, "Yeah, we're uprising, and we're not going to take any shit." He starts the strike, and then they promote him to power caller, and that's Get where him the movie. The fuck out of there. And then yeah. the movie shifted for me. Yeah, like it literally gave you like a now you're in a whole different movie. Enjoy, good luck. And they immediately yeah. just throw you into okay, well up here we don't sell that bullshit that you sell down there. We sell motherfucking human labor and mm-hmm. we sell arms to like other countries and we make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he starts and loving the cool money. With it. You know? And he 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 helps his uh Terry Cruz is in this movie. He's the uncle yeah, Danny Glover's in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of big-named actors in this movie. Steven Yen from The Walking Dead mm-hmm. is in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tessa Thompson, Thor yeah. Ragnarok, and Men in Black International, which we, I don't, we haven't even watched a trailer on this show for that movie, but mm-hmm. uh, that trailer came yeah. out. I don't know if you saw. Uh, I did see the trailer for it. It was weird because, uh, sorry to bother you in like the second, the quote-unquote second act, it introduces him to like what money does to quote unquote change a person. And I think that some of the things you're hearing are not, they're like perceived of what he is hearing. Cause they're not clearly coming over the radio talking about how he's in his sexual prime and ready to get his like dick sucked and all this weird shit that they were saying when he's in the elevator going up, you know? And they're like, you're in your sexual prime and all this stuff. Like, Maybe they weren't really saying that, but maybe the hype that, you know, he was like, I'm going to the top floor to be the guy, you know? Uh, I think the elevators really were saying those I things. They, they were, were programmed too. to say affirmative things to their power callers to get them fucking jacked and pumped to be mm-hmm. selling human slave labor. Oh, yeah. interesting <laughs> shit. Yeah, it's like a whole mind fuck. That's why I said it was kind of like Stanley Kubrick, you know? Yeah, and it had like a weird like 80s vibe to it still, It did. Though. It was kind of American psycho Yeah, it was all the the weird cocaine like yeah, sort of thing yeah, that was going on. And, and then I, that's where shit got really weird. Yeah, that that was like where whoever was making this movie was taking whatever drug they were trying to like. <laughs> I don't know, but they took the drug and then they decided to write the end of their movie because what is this considered to be a science fiction movie? Because I feel like this should be considered a science fiction movie. It's on that level. 
Especially it, with the way they end it, like that very last like ten has seconds, a, and you're like, <laughs> look, it what? has, it definitely has an M. Mike Salomon type twist in it. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, you don't yeah. see the M. Mike Salomon twist coming, but uh, the, just this movie, it's just like he, you know, he M. he M. does a ten million. <laughs> yeah, that's from Workaholic. Uh, but uh, mm. he does this like ten million dollar sale, and then like the owner of worry free wants to hire him personally and then like he goes there and then it's like debauchery 3.0 you know there's orgies happening can i read about the weird part part? yeah you can't read about the weird part so i was just looking some shit up and according to this is written by hollywoodreporter.com about this movie nice it said is uh, it comes late in the game. Like the the real focus of the story comes late in the game, you know, because you don't right. know what the fuck you're watching until all of a sudden you're like smacked in the face with it, you know. Right. So HollywoodReporter.com says it's re- it's revealed that a new wave slave labor mogul Steve Lift, total douchebag in that movie, by the way, perfectly uh, cast yeah, douchebag, yeah. is turning his employees into horse people. So mm-hmm. they can work harder than regular humans. This is the same movie, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These Equisapiens. Equisapiens. I just said the word Equisapiens, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These Equisapiens are naked, tortured abominations. With massive that are, horse cocks. That are everything evil about compromising oneself for maximum achievement. Yeah, but the dudes at the end seemed like they had their shit together. That's all I'm saying. The horse dudes at the end. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, I mean, or do we talk about that? I guess that's a, maybe a spoiler. I mean, they spoiled that... the whole movie right there in that review. Let me let me keep reading. This I didn't know about horse people when I watched this movie. No, there was nothing about that. Nobody in the told me about this. No, it, it. I felt like I was watching some kind of weird like Requiem for a Dream esque Fight Club esque kind of movie. Yeah, like yeah, like <laughs> he was having a Queen. bad dream. Okay, sorry to bother you. Transformational twist follows in the cloven footsteps of politically minded body horror and science fiction that's been around since Ovid was warning the Romans about messing with the (laughs) pantheon. Yes, keep reading. Just made me laugh. Oh, okay. Continue. <laughs> the film's central clashes all centers around money, jobs, and the philosophies around both. Stephen Yen's labor organizer finds unexpected opposition when Cassius Green gets placed on the fast track to the top after showing a knack for sales. This also causes a rift between Green and his girlfriend, Detroit, who always has fabulous earrings, by the way, Mm -hmm. the latter of which is plenty happy with struggling for one's art as not to be a part of the corporate machine. The added element of genetic mutation and animalistic transformation only boils these debates about labor, capital, and work over with its heightened weirdness. Yeah, the preachiness. That's what got me a bit about Mm -hmm. this one. Without David Cronenberg's over-the-top nastiness in The Fly's complete decomposition of Jeff Goldblum, the allegory for aging's toll on the body, or the AIDS epidemic, as some has read the film, wouldn't be near as potent. When When taking away a person's very personhood, altering it irrevocably, it has been it has to be intense enough so that it stands out in shocks from the daily mundanities that devalue us. You have to go with big dehumanization, especially at the end. It's why Soylent Green is people. It's why the Twilight Zone's Eye of the Beholder has such intense pig-faced impact. <laughs> this is something that's been around for a long time, often riding the line between campy humor and the more serious message-pushing genres of science fiction and horror. 
These morphs are usually a punishment of scientific hubris. See any mm-hmm. movie from the 50s with the title, The Animal People Man, mm-hmm. <laughs> or tampering with magic that belongs to the gods. Sometimes it augments a funny story about being a fish out of water by making the fish a werewolf, a la an American werewolf in London. Tons of animals have been used, each with their own baggage. With horses, <laughs> horse force. Horse force. With horses, the metaphor picks up a few undertones. It's similar to the ass transformation affecting Pleasure Island's boys in Pinocchio. You want to smoke, gamble, drink, and curse? You're going to be turned into a donkey and sold into slave labor. It's an indictment of the working class because they take part in such base activities, according to the snooty elite that have apparently never cursed in their lives. It's nothing more than beasts of burden and pack animals that live solely to best serve the machinations of the economy. But Riley takes it a step further, setting the film in alt-present Oakland and imbuing his transformations with racial component on top of its economic one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. This was written and directed by Boots Riley. Mm-hmm. I remember that because it's a weird yeah, name. Mm-hmm. It had, like I was saying earlier, the slight bit of a get out vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This article kind of touches on that. It mm. said, when Lyft recruits Green, you know, Lyft being the, the slave guy, when Lyft recruits Green, giving him the sales pitch for the uh, Equisapiens <laughs> and advocate. That's a hard <laughs> word to say out loud for real. Equisapiens. I know, because yeah. they were just like, oh, I've never seen it spelled like, out like that. Yeah, I know. It's so fucking funny to me. So when this guy <laughs> recruits Green, giving him the sales pitch for the Equisapiens and advocating for Green to go undercover as the Equisapien Martin Luther King Jr., it comes after putting the young black man on parade. He asks for stories of gang life, then asks for a rap performance despite Green's refusals. Mm-hmm. Green eventually figures out that the crowd wants just shouting the N-word to give his white audience the gross exotic experience they desire. Right. It was a very, like, uh, like a blackface moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable, yeah. It meant to be, mm-hmm. you know. The Equisapiens are all kept naked and chained, hidden in a mansion like disobedient slaves. List that was really gross too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some gross visuals and weird and totally out of nowhere. Like I was not I, expecting. I told a horse you the person. jade door. <laughs> not this door is olive. <laughs> Wrong door, motherfucker. Jade olive. <laughs> oh my god. So they're hidden in the mansion like disobedient slaves. Lyft tries to entice Green with the transformation, saying that he will have a horse-sized penis, in addition yep. to being the voice of an oppressed underclass. Horse force. When Green is unsure if he'd already been dosed by the transformational drug because he snorted coke with a dude, he asks Detroit if his penis has gotten bigger rather than say if his face is a horse face. Because yeah. if there's anything because if there's anything that the world of Sorry to Bother You understands about the intersection about capitalism and masculinity, it's that both are about ego above all else. Mm-hmm. Like they were very preachy, you said. Yeah, yeah, that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so, had a focus. I just... Mm-hmm. We didn't know going in. <laughs> Man, what a bizarre flick. The protagonist has to adjust his assumptions and his own ego even after abandoning abandoning his success. That's how quickly and natural the otherization took place. Even someone that thought they were going to become an Equisapian. <laughs> it's a smart one-off that doesn't let Green completely off the hook while strengthening the central metaphor with a gag. The unlearning period may be filled with horse people, but it's a potent reminder that money and power go to one's head quickly and are hard to dislodge. Yeah. Can I just say about the scene that we discover the horse people, it is so left field because he's just in there having a meeting down on the, like he 
has to go in, what was it, a maroon door or something at the end of this hallway. A the doors jade, are all colored. Jade door. Yeah. They're colored with no signs on them, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all secret society stuff. Right. So, the secret billionaire society the stuff. maroon yeah. door. Yeah. So he goes in and it's just like an office, like a rich person's office, you know. Yeah. And he's going to get the sales pitch, yeah. the video Yeah. Preview. So he's about to watch this video and he's like, man, I got to go to the bathroom. How long is this thing? You know, I really got to, I got to take a piss or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, that's when the person's like, oh, fine, I'll pause it go down the hall to the jade door on what i remember the right right jade door on the right so he walks down the hall takes a little turn gets a little confused ends up in the olive door right Mm -hmm. walks in and it's just like this factor like this sort of like industrial are we going to see cyberman hallway yeah it was very gotham it was yeah it was very like all of a sudden you know like there's like you know stuff happening little little whatever uh smoke and stuff and you just see the creepy one stall at the end you know mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden help me blah. there's horse just a horse force there's this person he starts writhing on the ground so dude's like taking a cell phone video for you no, know, no 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 or, he loses his cell phone or there. loses his cell phone there and like ends up being a video of it of this happening but like you as the audience member literally are just taking a piss with your your protagonist, you know? Yeah. Like you're walking down the there hallway. There's no such talk about all of a sudden uh, yeah. this turning into a science and then, fiction horse force Yeah, movie. all of a sudden horse force. And you walk back to the door <laughs> and you're like, what is this meeting? And then he tells you, it's people. <laughs> you know, and then, horse force. then you learn everything. But it was just very interesting. Like they take you on the ride with the protagonist. They go I there. will tell you. That is, they do a good job of that. But it did feel very disjointed, like an act one, act two. I mean, maybe they were trying to highlight even, the innocence of this guy just wanting yeah. to make money and better himself. And that's how you get sucked in to Horse Force. Yeah. You know. Because he was totally cool with selling fucking people. Right. Like, he just like seemed. it's hard to feel bad for this guy after a while because you're like, dude, you're selling people. But yeah, you don't have to. F- he, he gets his uppins. Right, you he know? turns into a fucking horse. Gets, <laughs> at the last ten seconds, sorry, yeah, sorry, I not said sorry, there was everybody. Be spoilers. We already yeah. read the whole movie to you, but yeah, literally the last ten seconds, ten seconds, excuse me, of the movie, like he turns around, acts like he's sneezing, coughing, <laughs> hands over the face, like classic, like yeah, you know, Twilight Zone shit. And then I was like, "What the yeah. fuck?" And then, yeah, and credits. I just, and then there was a post credit scene. Yeah, yeah. I just wish I would have known going in that yeah. that's what. That I was you on the Alfred ready. Hitchcock ride. You I had no idea. That. They should have. I don't know why they didn't pitch this movie like that. The trailers gave no indication. Well, probably because nobody would go see it. No, because they would, would think. Have seen it. Are you kidding me? They would have thought that you? nobody would have gone see Hell it because no. they would have thought it was a science fiction movie and it was cheesy and weird and not Oscar no, bait worthy. If they would have, they had ha- to click Oscar click every, Oscar bait everybody. Is is oh, there no way i think it would have been the opposite people are so wanting something different there's so much weird yeah, or there's so many horrible our, sequels do you think our response to it is because we didn't know what we were getting into yes if because you knew that this was going to be weird then you would have liked it better i think i would have been more prepared to accept that world that i was being drawn into this is why i advocate for spoilers nate because I don't want to dedicate my time to things that I'm not going to end up being into. I, th- I think I would have liked it more if I would have known that I was getting... getting. Mm-hmm. Nate is ride. always telling me that it's better to go into something without knowing what I'm getting into. And I've always kind of liked 
people telling me what movies are about so I know what I'm getting into. Well, that seems like how they do it uh, in the UK. If there's anybody listening in the UK, correct me if I'm wrong, but just judging by the way they do the Doctor Who trailers, I mean, they, they give, give away, shit the, away. They give away the whole episode. You watch the trailers. Right. We always turn them off. You know, it's like, oh, so they're not- showing everything mm-hmm. that's happening, you know, but it just seems heavy on the spoilers um, with, yeah. the, with the UK stuff, but that's, that's just my limited so doctor how many, who knowledge how many pizza slices would you give sorry to bother you nate i have a question before we do this will you look up on your phone and see why there was a character whose name was beeped out and also removed from the credits i think that was part that of was the a, shtick that was a wink and a nod part of the artsy fartsiness of it it wasn't yeah. it because my brain at first thought that but then i was like well what if it was a name of somebody who didn't agree to let their name be the name no that no it was a, that was a, a the weird arbitrary like, thing kind of like how at the beginning he, he gets dropped into the living rooms and you're like is right. it really like no it was a weird censorship call out it was like uh i can't i can't i know what you're talking about i can't remember what the context of them beeping things they called was. he was like mr whatever and he was like, in white call person me mr. Voice, whatever though, right? yeah yeah I don't know. I just didn't know if there was a purpose for that. But to get back to your question, V, uh, out of five pizza slices, you know, just on first watch, because I was more, uh, my honest reaction was, what the fuck? Like, I could not get over how bizarre this movie turned. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the journey he takes to go and call them out and then like all the other shit that happens and then like that's still the end result and then whatever. It's just like, what the fuck? fuck who came up like why would why was their brain on horse force i'm not really sure Mm -hmm. i think i'm gonna say it i'm gonna be real i do believe that anybody who is a fan of movies should give this one a watch to give their own opinion but i'm gonna give this a low ball of a 1.5 i think this is in rubber territory it is a weird out there flick that has a lot of a lot of pluses but the minuses and the weirdness, man, maybe a second watch through where I'm more looking for it, you know, and have a little bit better of an understanding what's going to mm-hmm. happen. But I don't think so. I don't know. That's what that's my final answer is 1.5. V, did you find anything? Uh, just somebody's weird ass fucking theory. Everybody's talking about it. The, what I Googled uh, brought this up from the Medium app. Why is Mr. Blank's name bleeped out and sorry to bother you? Mm-hmm. First thing it says is it's talking about... This dude. Uh-huh. Uh, this dude wearing the cool 70s shoot with, right. suit with the big chaps. Yeah. Uh, it said, Mr. Blank is Cash's alter ego. This is their theory. Interesting. His name is bleeped out because he doesn't actually exist. He is a part of Cassius. He represents what Cash thinks he'd have to be like to succeed in Regal View's power club. So it's like a fight club thing? It's like the voice Ooh, leading him through like the movie. Oh, See, he kind of looks like he stepped out of a black black exploitation film. Dude mm-hmm. is a caricature. He wears cool seventy suits. He works upstairs. He's polished. He's powerful. He has a gold elevator. He wears a smooth leather eye patch. <laughs> Nobody else seems to be able to no- see him either. Eye patches are a handy symbol of tunnel vision of the kind that's necessary if you're going to consecrate or yeah consecrate your life to a heroic yet ultimately futile quest for vengeance. Interesting. Right, and it would Mr. represent like vision. a like a single vision, like you're you're like a tunnel vision, one eye. Yeah, you know? he can do everything he he can to be respected in a company that is morally bankrupt. Mm-hmm. He symbolizes what Cash must sacrifice to be successful in mm-hmm. such a company. He is happy that Cash is succeeding, but encourages him to do things he isn't comfortable with. 
He tells him not to go meet with his friends because the company party is more important, and he tells him to go meet with the CEO when it is clear that Cash is humiliated by the party and just wants to go home and be with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Ooh. Yeah, crazy. It has us talking. I don't know. Just <laughs> on that alone, <laughs> I'm going to... Ah, fuck it, two. 2.5. I mean, it's if a- you analyze it and you think a little deeper about it, you could go really into it. And like because it's making you think and talk about it, it could warrant a better score. But I know. It does raise the, you know, is it art with all lowercase or with all capital letters or somewhere in between? I think it's A-R-T you know. with exclamation points at the end. <laughs> I know. But only R. <laughs> and a spinny <laughs> sign revolving that's saying art, 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 art. But only the R. I was going to say is. the marquee is definitely there. Yeah. Only the R is capitalized, though. Yeah, totally. And the, it's in yep. neon lights and one of them's like flickering. Yeah. So it's like R. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes gave that movie a ninety three percent. You gave it a what? I'm gonna a final answer. I'll go two point five. Two point five pizza slices. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. How about you, Sarah? Man, you know, I am supremely on the fence about this because while I don't believe in a whole spoiler trailer, I do believe that the the genre was withheld on that one to its detriment by, by the trailer. You know, like they felt it was so weird they were gonna lose people but at the same time like you're reading this article and i was thinking the same thing they were trying to tell like an old sci-fi story and back in the day they didn't hide that the twilight zone there's like eyeballs and hourglasses and all this stuff like they're not hiding what it is you you think the movie should have been called sorry for horse force like (laughs) (laughs) i i get the premise i get all of the things they were trying to say the preachiness honestly Fine, people need to be woke to that stuff. I, I get it. McDonald's mm-hmm. might have horse force. They might be making your burgers in caves. There might be fields of, you know, horse cows that we're eating. I don't know. I don't know what's down there. Mm-hmm. And, but you, you've, I get it. I get why that needs to be called out. I get the all the uncomfortable get-out style scenes. Like, that's a legit cultural fear that makes I mean sense to me from the outside looking in anyways. But... Uh, you know, it's hard when you have a juxtaposition of all of these stories you want to tell in one movie. Which story do you want to tell? Sorry to bother you. Are you telling? Oh, and then there's the other story about the the woe is me artist story they were trying to tell and how art's not important. Yeah, art's not important. And we have to. And then that weird presentation she gave that was like left sort of open ended with all of the 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 sheep's blood and the cell phones from China and all of this stuff. Smacking her in the face. Right. Where it was like that statement. Yeah, her statement. But it was like in her own safe space in her gallery. It wasn't like on the street making a protest. And everybody that was through shit it was part of it it was part of it it was all so her she friends knew it was gonna happen yeah it was, it was just like that art was kind of vapid. yeah I so like say vapid but it was very it was self-serving arty. in a way that some art i mean all art is self-serving really in the end i mean you're right. trying to make yourself happy but some yeah. art draws a line her character kind of know, bothered me because it seemed like she was more about the 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 lifestyle and the flakiness the and the fashion of it yeah. and the like look the the look at me i'm an artist thing and a like, protester and a left eye yeah 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 you but know. secretly my i'm from an upper you know an upper wealthy class family i you know i'm i've come down from my tower to be amongst the peasants and be a right. lady of the peasants and then that like whole she was trying up. so hard to be cool yeah and then she like, 
And then there's that blow she up. Bugged. Yeah, yeah. That's just like, oh, oh, so art doesn't matter or yeah, something. Yeah, she's all fickle and yeah. like ended their, the, the, the engagement was ended and then she's kissing and macking on some other dude and mm-hmm. then tells the other dude about it like so nonchalantly. Like, yeah, Glenn that's not Glenn. She was like all over right. that dude and then just, you know, oh, I guess, like, well, guess yeah. they're not doing that. I guess they're just, she's back together with the other guy that seems to be losing his mind about horse force. Yeah, she was very but fickle. I don't, I don't know what I, I don't, it was a, it was yeah. weird, and then the outrage seemed fake because she saw the money that was coming in, you know? So there's, yeah, there's, yeah all of these subplots. This movie did not have f- a focus for me. It, and that's why I felt like they should have told everybody that this was a science fiction movie. That's what the article that I was reading was saying, like, the main focus of the movie di- came way too late in the game. Yeah. Like, maybe not too late, but they said that it came late in the game, and maybe, in our opinion, too late in the game. Yeah, because you it know, just changed everything so fast and then wrapped it up. I did. Yeah, I didn't know what movie I I was watching by the end of it. Right. I didn't know why I was watching it. it I didn't know what I had Wolf learned. Wolf of Wall Street vibe. Mm-hmm. If somebody like if if somebody gave the movie The Wolf of Wall Street to an artist and said, "Okay, now just throw paint at it," mm-hmm. that's what. Sorry to bother you. Reminded me of. Yeah, and it's like, I get it. I get the title. I get what like is that really is that really the whole point of the movie the movie has bothered us you guys and the movie says sorry to bother you about all of these things right so in the end it could be absolutely genius in that respect true because the title is the story that they told me I'm gonna they ask are, I am sorry to be bothered mm-hmm. by their movie so <laughs> god damn it, it the, the A's are getting more capitalized in my art here it's starting I'm starting to eke on the other side of the line I'm towing this line here because it's like oh. so I'm gonna I'm gonna say something real quick and then I'm gonna hey. I'm literally gonna ask a question and run to the bathroom because I gotta pee man you guys are gonna answer the question while I'm in the bathroom but um I just want to talk real quick or you guys can talk a bit real quick life as a telemarketer you guys both did that right i did for a time a summer can you talk about that for a brief second while i use the restroom just like your experience i don't know how much i want to talk about telemarketing only because i had to do it for so long and i fucking hated it it was like the worst job ever what did you sell sarah well i sold all sorts of things i worked at a place that was like uh I don't remember what it was called. I, I, I mean, workaholics. It's like Tell Maricorp or whatever. Yeah. But it was one of those America Corp, Telecorp, or te- it's not even there anymore. I, but it was when uh, it was my first summer or second summer home. I can't remember. I did it for a summer because um, that's about all I could deal in with. College. It was right. Yeah, it was early on in college. It was it was when I was home for a summer, um, and I uh, it was so I was barely out of high school, and they had me on the phones like they they do they they give you like one week of paid training and you think woo wait paid training right Mm -hmm. they literally it's just like the movie they just literally give you scripts and you're not to deviate from them Mm -hmm. you're not to deviate from them and you are monitored they monitor your phone calls for as they say quality but really they're just making sure you're sticking to it Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to try to sell people things like life insurance policies over the phone when you're like 20 Mm -hmm. you know and you have no idea what life insurance is barely even for because they don't actually teach you those kinds of things in school just stick to the script and you just stick to the script I had people screaming horrible things at me and people 
people were so mean. You know, all the things you imagine are true. They're definitely true on a daily basis. You deal just, you, people just abuse you all day, and, like all day long. Like I got called horrible things and told I was the worst salesperson I've, they've ever talked to and you know, all Damn. kinds of things. Like you just walk away feeling like I absolute can't trash. You ever no marketing? No, that started that kick started my journey into the world of people, and I didn't like it. So mm-hmm. I'm back in my hidey hole now. I'm in my snow globe. So I'm back. I'm back here. Well, it's certainly snowing today. Yeah, that's for sure. That's a good wrapping point. You guys feel good well, about this episode? Or we didn't finish oh, rating sorry. the movie. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. We never I, got I went to away that. for Me a second. Me and V didn't give our. Peed. Well, you gave your pizza slices for yeah, the last yeah, yeah. movie, didn't sorry, you? Sorry. No, you didn't. No, I didn't, and I Only didn't even did. talk about telemarketing yet. Yeah, <laughs> like you just finish. set us up and then like I, close I, it out, ladies. No, 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 no. Keep talking, please. I'm not trying to stop it. I didn't know. I went to the talk yet. Go ahead, please do. Yeah. What was your experience telemarketing, Veronica? Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> oh, it was just terrible, guys. It was fucking terrible. I worked for a, uh, it's, it's since closed, Chicago Laser and Computer Service. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's my telemarketing voice. Hi, this is Veronica from Chicago Laser and Computer Service. How are you? Mm-hmm. May I speak with uh, somebody that gives a fuck about toner? Yeah. Great. Right. Yeah, it was terrible. I had to sell a toner and uh, make phone calls uh, every day and then log them all on my computer and then track how much I sold and then I would get a commission. And then I worked at a water conditioning company doing the exact same thing, even though I did not want to do that. I took the job because it was an office administrator job and Mm -hmm. I was good at that. And I was supposed to like greet people and sell shit in-house and then I could get commission off of that and that's fine. And then they're like... Oh, you're great on the phone. Bam. Phone you have a great sales. phone voice. I'm like, God damn it. You're right. I do. Let's let's sell some shit. So I mm. sold some shit and it was terrible and I hated every minute of it. And I still have that script me- memorized. Mm. And it was so wild, you guys, because like I was there by myself. Like the, the manager would leave for the day and it's literally only two employees in there at a time. It was a tiny little place. Mm. So I'm working there just all day like eight-hour shifts, making fucking phone calls Mm -hmm. to people who did not want to talk to me about water conditioning units or drinking units Mm -hmm. or filters or carbon filters or any of the bullshit that I had to sell. And I barely Mm -hmm. knew anything about it. I mean, I know all about it now because I had to sell so much, but... Mm -hmm. Oh, it was terrible. But it was so crazy because I was able to multitask. I had my little iPhone and I would download all of these books uh, like ebooks, and I read through the whole uh, tr- like series of Sookie Stackhouse books, the True Blood books. You know, mm-hmm. I loved them; they were so good. And I read through the whole thing while I was telemarketing because people very rarely ever picked up the phone during the day. I would just mm-hmm. leave messages. So while I'm like dialing numbers off my little lead sheet, I would just read chapters on my phone and then leave my little message. Click, read chapters for a few minutes, make another call, mm-hmm. and I read through like. 15 fucking books working there. Damn. Wow. It was great. <laughs> I was not able to do things like that at my job. That was... I was by myself. Nobody yeah. was there. And I I was making <laughs> all of the calls. Like, I, I completed yeah. all... Everything I needed to do at my job, I was able to do while I was reading my book. It was great. Whoa. Yeah, that was not my experience. This was a big call center. There was, you know, like 40 people working at a time in mm-hmm. a giant room. And at the end of your hall... Like, there was... Light. Yeah, there were little cu- cubicles, little cubbies. And at the end of every aisle, there would be like... 
you know, a, a person at the end of every single one, like the head of the table, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the supervisor for that section of people. So there was like, you know, 20 different supervisors. And then those supervisors answered to, you know, whoever else. It was like a big pyramid of people, you know, mm-hmm. and like. Sounds they horrific. would give us sometimes we would walk in and they would give us a script 10 minutes before they would tell us to be on the phones and we would just sit there with a headset and do I uh, just have this script it, it it had all of it on auto dial so we didn't even get a chance to prepare it would just start dialing numbers and you'd just sit there and have an onslaught of numbers dialed for you that's awful just with no break in between like as soon as one would hang up uh, the phone would start ringing for the next mm-hmm. for hours like and you're just supposed to sit and try to sell stuff to people and then half the time you know they wouldn't pick up or they would abuse you on the phone because you know this was let's see this would have been like 2002 maybe that i was doing this you know so this was a long time ago when telemarketing was still like Super the big annoying, annoying thing mm-hmm. that everybody was um, still can you doing take me off your list yeah you know oh my god I heard that day? yeah like, this no was... bitch you're an existing customer in my database you buy our shit on the regular why would i take you off my list i'm right. helping you out and that was back <laughs> when say. i'm helping you out by re- t- reminding you that you need our product because yeah. it's about time for you to change out your filters <sighs> and i'll give you 10 percent off if you'd buy them now yeah, it was I mean? all policies. Damn. It was all like insurance policies on different things that they would make us do. I didn't even barely know what insurance was when I was selling this stuff to people. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe that anybody was even listening to me when it would happen. It was yeah. insane. I, I it just so irresponsible. Like, I, there's no wonder places like that don't really exist. Those big call centers are. I mean, maybe for debt collections. You know, yeah. they just sit and have their auto dial. It's like, yeah, whatever. But that, yeah. That's a horrible job. And that's I would real. never want to work script. in telemarketing again. I considered it briefly last Oof. year only because um, one of the bigger symphonies in Chicago was looking for people to get into telemarketing. Oh, yeah. Well, that's different because it's not, that's, that's a patron different. list. That's right. And that's something yeah, that that's I would different. be open to selling because it's something I genuinely care about. Right. And Passionate appreciate. about. Yeah. Right. Uh, water softeners, not so much. Mm-hmm. While we do Toner, appreciate them. Not so much. We do appreciate these items, not to the point of selling them to others, though. That takes correct. a special passion. Yep, correct. So I gave, sorry to bother you, Horse Force, a 2.5. <laughs> I give it a 3.5 for effort. I'm going to go middle of the road with 3. So 2.5 and 3.5 is 6 plus 3 is 9. Divided by 3 is 3. It averages at 3. Mm-hmm. Look into my eyes and it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. 1 and 1 make mm-hmm. 2. 2 and 1 make 3. It was destiny. Anyways uh let's get into the plugs before we get out of here you think all right folks as always you can check out foodies watching movies right here on the journey into comics network at journeyintocomics.com you can get us on itunes podbean stitcher radio google play music or spotify just search journey into comics network there you can get all the different shows on our network whether it's journey into comics poor 360 foodies watching movies adulting ain't easy journey into wrestling podcastrophe Crucial Tunes, Kids for Sale, Gallifradio, Voice Survival Podcast, Brews with Dudes, Dungeons with Dudes, all the shows. Or go to Patreon. Or go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a dollar for early access and exclusive content. And uh, I think that's going to do it, folks. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add on foodies before we go? Uh, (laughs) Shout out to Horse Force. Horse Force. (laughs) Yeah. God, that we could do a whole episode on that. Reminiscing about horse force now. 
It's if a, anybody, shout out to the Jason Ellis show. And Ellis fam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horse that's my, force. That's my closing thoughts. Okay. Have you got anything? I'm good. All right, horse, folks. Horse. Well, for this episode of Food You Watch and Movies, it's season three, episode nine, The Good, The Bad, and The Horse Force. I'm Nate. Veronica. Sarah. We'll see you guys later. Eat fearless. <laughs>